dedicated to student counsellors and their road to getting qualified and beyond. Today I'm joined by my good friend and business partner Simon Heath as we discuss all things counselling training. Hi everyone, here we are back again for another episode and here I have a really good friend and business partner Mr Simon Heath. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. And how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Oh, that's good. So we thought today that we would share a little bit of, um, well, stuff about training and counselling training generally. It's a real big part of who we are and what we're about, because as I'm sure that some of you know, we have our own counselling college, which is fairly new. And something we're learning about all of the time right now. (laughs) It's a a learning curve, that's for sure. But one thing that we thought would be really interesting to talk about is thinking what it is that we were looking for when we started our training paths. Yeah. Kind of how that has gone on to inform what the college is and what we hoped for when the college was born. So what do you think about that, Simon, from your side? Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. I, I, I always think about how people choose their clients and how their clients choose them and how we might choose a supervisor. And we look for certain things. And I think that's the same with training. I think, for me, I know that I look for certain things in training establishments or online training that I, I carry on with my CPD work. And I think it's really important that when you are starting on sort of counselling, training, that you find the right place for you. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, actually. And I know that I did some training further back when I, when I did my, my level two training was done in a place where it was so much more less formal I suppose you know it wasn't a room with a whiteboard (laughs) it wasn't that sort of room it was a lot less formal and it was in the town of Totnes which I'm sure you're very aware of yeah and it was a psychodynamic course actually and it it blew me away I I loved every minute of that and it was the most amazing few weeks really where I was actually traveling quite a long way to get there really because Totnes from where I lived there was quite a quite a good stretch so what was it that you liked about it I just liked the the calmness of the place. It's the you know the it was quite an old building. We didn't have separate rooms or anything. We were all in one big room, um, but that still worked because we were quite a small group. I just really enjoyed the calmness. The tutor was very sort of holding and very calming. We learned a lot, you know. I really did learn a lot. So I found that to be a really good training experience, and I knew then that I wanted to carry on forever. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that happens a lot, I think, especially at level two. It really is like a, you know, dipping your toe in the water thing. And I say this to virtually every prospective student that, that, that rings up and talks to us about whether or not they our college is right for them, is dipping a toe in the water at level two, just finding out whether it's for you. And thinking about what, what you were saying about the psychodynamic, my level two was was an integrative course, so we did 
PCT, Gestalt and CBT. And yeah, the way that we were held, the, the way that the group were able to sort of explore things at their own pace and in their own time, all of those things are, are really important. Yeah, completely. And I think that what was interesting for me doing a psychodynamic course was that it was purely psychodynamic at level two. And it wow. had a really, really incredible experience, I suppose, if you could call it that. And I would have loved to have carried on that psychodynamic route until I realised how much personal therapy you had to have to do it. It was something like four hours a week or something of wow, personal therapy. It was like incredible. And I was just like... And it was a lot of training, like many years of extensive training. And... I don't know how much you hear of it actually anymore, psychodynamic therapy. Yeah, I I don't hear a huge amount. I, I, I guess it's one of those things. I think if you maybe if you'd gone down that route, you may well have found yourself working within a psychodynamic community. Yes. Um, I think we. Do, it's like everything with, with counselling. There are so many different variations, and we all have different interests. I'm just thinking about the two of us, how differently we work as counsellors, but how we bring both of those experiences to the college and how we we interweave that. So one week, if you're teaching CBT, the students get a really good introduction to kind of how CBT works and why you're passionate about it. And the next week, I'll, I'll rock up and be talking about Gestalt and kind of working outside and how different that is, but they get the different perspectives of counselling being not just one thing for everybody, but just a single, every single therapist bringing themselves to the work. Mm -hmm. I often think of finding therapists. I mean, when you go online and you look through a whole list of pictures of people and their, their little profiles on, on maybe like a counselling directory, it's a bit like it's been like a dating site. You look for the person that you think actually. I think I could feel comfortable talking to them about whatever it is I, I want. I need to talk about, um, and so you kind of look for people that are part of your tribe. I think some people just maybe don't use that same selection process when it comes to finding a college or a training environment. They they just go. Oh, where, where's somebody near to me? Oh, that yeah, they'll do. Rather than possibly thinking, oh, I'm going to shop around and, and find the right match for me. Yeah, that really resonated with me then because I I was talking a moment ago about my experience with level two and just how brilliant it was. Mm. And then for level three, I did exactly that. I just went to a local course, a local college. And I, it was just the level that I needed to get onto the diploma that I wanted to do. So I just went for it. And actually, it was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> it was rubbish. It was in, well, it was a, it was a, you know, a proper college, an established college, but it wasn't a counselling college. It was a, a college. I'm not going to name yes. which college it was for oh, those people on. that want to know. Go on, you know, you know you want no, to no, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to put some <laughs> names out there. But it was a local college. They did teach numerous different sorts of courses. And it absolutely wasn't just a counselling college. And it was in a room with a whiteboard and an overhead projector and sitting around white tables. Yeah. And it wasn't fun. It was very, it was such a bland course for a counselling course. 
And you know what? It very nearly put me off. Yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> it very nearly was the end. You and I wouldn't be sat here together then if that had happened. Well, if only, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah what a cheek, isn't it? <laughs> so, but it's interesting you, you use the word fun. And I think that is so... I, I personally think it's so important that people are able to... And not not sort of laugh your way through the course, but you, I think sharing laughter and humour not only bonds people together, but it's 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 part of the process of of starting to explore sharing um, emotions with one another. You know, it, it's easy to laugh with somebody, but then if you've shared a few laughs and you've kind of broken the ice, when you then go in to do skills or you're working in a group to whatever it is, bring up a list of different things for a piece of criteria. If you can laugh and joke and do it with humour, it makes such a difference. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's what was missing from my Level 3 mm. course. And and I know that from that moment onwards, it really did change the way that I went moving forward because I could easily have gone and done the diploma at that same college. Yeah. But I knew that this wasn't what I wanted and having had the experience of level two which was so much more experiential and as you say fun but holding and safe to suddenly be in this really stark white environment with hard chairs and tables and whiteboards suddenly felt really difficult and I I, I smile as I say whiteboards because I know that we've had a conversation in the college numerous times about whiteboards and uh, currently we don't have one and I'm hoping that's the way it's going to (laughs) stay. I was thinking exactly the same. The the first time I've really heard you sort of talk about whiteboards in such a negative way. I've always said, I really like a whiteboard because I like to be able to draw on it and do its illustrations and but actually I can hear you saying just how much it, it reminds you of that sort of like sterile environment of, of a sort of in inverted commas teaching environment yes I think that's exactly it so when I went then to look for my diploma course I wanted something that was polar opposite worlds apart mm. and I went for a course that is very much more experiential yeah you know with sofas and it was homely and they only taught counselling there and I think that is what, I think if I had any advice to share for people out there right now that are looking and thinking about those courses, just think about what sort of environment you want to learn in. Because some people will really like that very sort of clinical way of learning. Some people will like that. Yeah. Some people will feel safe in a very academic space. Whereas I felt like I could be freer and I could be myself a lot more in a space that felt comfortable and homely and cosy. Yeah. And can you remember what you were thinking when you were started to look at training? Was there anything in particular you were looking for? I think for me it was it was around I, I wanted something where I was able to feel safe. I wanted a space where I trusted the not just the not just the tutors, which is really important, but also the group. I really wanted to be able to work within a, a group of people that were of the same mindset as me. So I think if I'd gone to a, a really kind of sterile, I'd been all right with whiteboards, but like a really sort of sterile academic way of a place of working, then I would have, I wouldn't have stuck at it because it wouldn't have felt right for me. I was quite lucky. I, I, I did my, did my level two when I was about 18 at a, at a college and then didn't 
and then didn't do anything with it after that and then came back to um, counselling training when I was in my 40s like a lot of people do I think you know you, it's quite often that people get to the age of sort of 40 and kind of go actually what do I want to do but at that stage I, I kind of yeah for me it was around having somewhere safe that I, that I felt I could open up because there is a lot of a lot of opening up. Well, I, I think there should be. I don't. I'm not sure there always is. I think quite often you hear stories of people that are at places where they don't feel safe, so therefore, kind of, I, I don't know, not not put a mask on, but they certainly don't bring them full selves, their full selves to the, um, to the training. Yeah, I can relate to that as well. And having, you know, people in the group, especially on the level three, it didn't feel like a safe space to mm. open up. To be honest, the tutor felt very judgmental to me. There was a lot of judgment that she would pass. And I never felt safe to be me. Like, that wasn't okay. And I knew that if I was going to want to carry this on and not, as you say, just give it up, I had to find that way. And I had to find my people, my tribe. Yeah. And when I met the, the two tutors that led the course that I went on to do, that's exactly what I felt. You know, I found my people and they, they were very different tutors, you know, to each other, they were very different, but they created something that worked. And I think that's a little bit like you and I are. We're very different in the way that we are. We're different in the way that we teach. We're different in the way that we are with clients. Mm. But somehow, I think it works. I think so. Yeah, it does. And I, I, I think it, I think we both approach the training element of counselling in the same way. We both know that we want to provide a safe space, a fun space. We want to provide a space where we can be open and honest. I, I, I know quite often when we do a check-in, yeah, and sometimes I'll go last, and sometimes I'll be somewhere in the middle. And I, it's interesting, some, I, I know a couple of people who said that their tutors don't take part in check-in. Wow. So it's it's literally the, the group check in and then, then they start. And it's kind of like, for me, it feels really important that we check in as part of the, the group dynamic. And you know, there'll, there'll be times when I'll say, Do you know, I, I just actually don't want to be here at the moment because mm-hmm. I'm tired or this has happened. But I think that honesty is really important because then it there is a modelling that, that happens in training. And I think it's right that we model an openness and a transparency to how we feel so that we can show that it's a safe space and encourage others to do the same. Yeah, I think so. And I don't think we can ask any one of our students to sit there in the room and share their stuff if we're not prepared to sit and do the same. And I think that, you know, I also really enjoy being part of check-in and... And it's not always rosy, is it? No. We're not always saying how rosy things are. Sometimes things are hard and yeah. sometimes we'll have to share that. But I know that in my experience of training, when I was studying for my own diploma, that both tutors would always check in. And I know that I really, really appreciated yes. that. Yeah. Um, and because sometimes us tutors have got stuff going on as well. And although I wouldn't go into any great depth necessarily and check in, sometimes we're not always feeling 100% yeah. or feeling under the weather with something or had something go on on the way to college that day I'm, I'm thinking about the last last weekend that we both taught on the Friday and Saturday and it was the Thursday after the, the queen. queen yeah yeah and yeah. and kind of I know how how it really knocked you and how upset you you were 
and you know, your last podcast was all about yeah about it was that. absolutely um and i'm just thinking about then the next day when i went in and us being very different i was kind of like, actually i'm i feel i feel it's a sad moment for her family but for me personally it doesn't it hasn't affected me in in the, in, in the same way at all and so we had it the group had a discussion about it and you know, I know on when when you were there there were quite a few people that were upset yeah absolutely. Um, they I still they still had the the space there to be upset when I was there but I was saying it's different for me and I think that to me that feels so in a nutshell kind of a really powerful um, example of how we are different but how we bring the same amount of openness and congruence to the work that we do yeah absolutely and how refreshing that is to you know don't have to just fit in with the crowd we don't have to just say what we think we should say we can be open with that absolutely and and i think that you and i respect each other in that way that you know if one of us is upset about something and it doesn't affect us i know we've had that in the setup of the college at times haven't we there's been things that have been really important to me and not so much to you and vice versa yeah and I think it's about being able to respect that. And that's what I really want for all of our students as well, is to be able to come into a space where there's a mutual respect both for us as tutors, but for us to them as students, yeah, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's the, the big thing, really. Um, I was thinking as well, when you were looking for training places, was there some anything for you about the actual environment, as in what the place itself is like, the physical space of the college? Was there anything that was important to you, or not so much? I, I for me, I don't think that there there was. And it's interesting because when I was doing my diploma, the college that I was at actually moved sites, so we started in one building, and then about five six months in they moved to a, a, a new premises. And when they did that, there was a real change because we went from being in a bit more of a kind of fold-up chairs situation to nice, comfortable seating and that sort of thing. Yeah. And that did that did make a difference. I think at that point, I think the college themselves felt at home, which allowed us to then feel at home. I, I know that's something that we get a lot when people either come to visit us to see whether, or almost like when they're interviewing us, to see whether or not they feel that we're going to be able to provide them with what they want, or when they arrive at the foot on the first day, they they kind of go, "Oh, it feels really nice." Yeah, which is exactly what we wanted, isn't yeah. it? And and I have to say, nothing makes me more happy <laughs> than to hear people say that. And nearly nearly every time in check in, nearly every time that I've been there teaching, I've heard people say or it just feels like a home from home, or this just feels like a real safe space to be, or I really look forward to coming here tonight. You know, sometimes even in the depths of winter when we're running the level three, you know, (laughs) and it's the evening time and everyone's knackered and it's freezing cold outside and they come in and there's something around, oh, I'm really pleased to be here. And I know that some of that is about what we offer as people, but I think that the environment and the cosiness that we've tried to create also plays a big part in that. I think so. I think yeah. so. And I think it, you know, I think of the, you know, our four different rooms and how each one of those has got its own sort of personality. You know, and I think as we grow as a college and develop, I think those rooms will develop as well. And I, I can see in time the rooms becoming even more kind of 
separate from one another in their own identity, but still part of the overall, almost like members of a family. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Because for the listeners um, out there who might not be aware, we actually named all of our rooms individually. <laughs> so Simon and I, I chose two names and he chose the other two. And that was a really interesting I don't know, process yeah. in in a way. And it actually didn't take us that long. It felt really right, didn't it, that yes. we would do that and yeah. we, we knew who those names would be. And I I just think it's really lovely and it's nice rather than saying, Oh, you know, go to go to the big big room at the front or go to the little room at the back, we're able to give the name of the rooms to students, which I always think feels really nice. That's and is it, it's interesting the names that you chose as well. Yeah, why? Why is that interesting? Because I- <laughs> I, and I think I think it's interesting because you you chose rooms uh, or names from people that really had an impact on your counselling process. People that you admire and people that you I'm, I'm going to say look up to because I, I but, but somebody that you def, people definitely admire and they give you something. Yeah, they inspired me somehow. Yeah, um, and. I think that was important. And for you, it feels like the names that you chose were were sort of more wide in your life rather than just the counselling side. It was a wider. Yes. So yeah. perhaps we should probably tell people what the names of the rooms are because they're probably thinking, what on earth are they talking about here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the two names that um, I came up with, one was for our big teaching room at the, at the very front, um, and I named that one Yellong. And the other room for me was the smaller um, room that I named Orbach after Susie Orbach. Um, so those are, the, for me, two figures that were prominent, I suppose, in my counselling training, but also in my counselling career. They've always been some people that I would, I don't know, pull on, I suppose, and listen to and read about. And so they, they sort of felt quite inspirational and they both came to me really quickly. I didn't really have to think too long. And one of them, Yalom, was instant. I was like, straight away, I know who, because I'm a massive fan, for those of you that don't know that. I'm sure that if you've listened for a while, you know that already. But yeah, absolutely. And how come your names were came up for you, the two that you chose? They, they just came up automatically the same. Um, but like you say, very different. So my, my two names were Attenborough and Bowie. And for, I mean, for people that know me, they'll they'll know exactly why. So, I mean, Attenborough is somebody I think has been inspirational to me for a, ever since I can remember, um, and probably is one of the people that has kind of really connected me to nature, which is why I work outside as an ecotherapist. Um, and Bowie just just the creativity and 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 the freedom to sort of just be who you are. Yeah, oh, I really like that. Yeah, so between us, we've gone, we've kind of, again, got quite a nice balance, which, mm-hmm. I, which I really like. What else do you think was important to us when we were setting up the college so that we can hopefully help to inform other people what they perhaps could think about looking out for? Do you know what I think is, one of the things I think is important, and, and, it, and it's not, it's probably quite a subtle thing, but it's something that we've kind of, it's developed organically, but we've made decisions to do it. And that is, on our website, we have information about courses. But on each course, we kind of invite people to contact us. Yes. Uh, yeah. to, to either email or, or call us so that we can 
have a chat with them. Yeah. And, and, and it's not, it's never ever about doing the hard sell. It's not about saying, okay, you know, we can do this course you and this is what we do. It's about having that conversation with somebody, maybe inviting them into the college, maybe going backwards and forwards with emails and, and conversation just to give them an opportunity to sort of dig around and find out whether we are actually kind of who we say we are, but also kind of do we do what they want? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that's it. And that, I think, is one of my favourite things about the college in terms of us running it is I love those conversations, those initial conversations with students when they just reach out and they say, oh, we haven't got a clue, not a clue what, what I want. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just know I want to start. Yeah. And that, for me, is just gold. Yeah, <laughs> it's gold it because and you, there's somebody there starting to think about it. And you're so right. Like we've said before, haven't we? We never want to do the hard sell. We always want people to find the right place for them. And if we are that right place, great. But if we're not, then they need to go and find mm. what they need, which is exactly what we I say to clients all of the time, you know, and supervisees, actually. If you're looking for something, make sure that person is the right one for you. Because yeah. we can't no. be all things to everybody, can we? Not at all. No, and, and it's that thing as well about, you say about not hard to sell, and it isn't the number of times that, somebody will have contacted us and say, I'm not sure whether I should be on a level two or a level three. And I'm kind of like, well, okay. So, and, and you have that conversation with them and find out what, they, what they've done previously, what their experience is, where, what it is they want to do as well. You know, for some people, it's just, you know, I, I just want to listen better. Great, yeah. okay. So probably level two is a great course for you to do that. Or, you know, I haven't been, I haven't been in training or education for... 20 30 years okay so level two is probably another really nice way of getting into the whole process of what we do it's 10 weeks it's really gentle and every week this we, we do something but it's not it's not hugely in depth which gives people that opportunity to, to start practicing journaling thinking about their emotions writing them down answering the questions without that a huge initial outlay and then if, if they then think, well, actually, I really like this, then there's a level three that follows. But I would never push somebody to, to, towards a level two just for the sake of it, if actually they, they're ready for a level three course. Yeah, definitely. And and sometimes when people call us, I think there's sometimes there's a hope. I hope I don't have to do the level two comes through, doesn't yeah. it? I hope we could just go in straight into level three. Yes. And for those of you out there that haven't had any experience or much experience at all in terms of counselling or listening or helping or supporting, level two is actually a really good place to begin sometimes for people to get a real feel for what this is before they embark on a huge, I mean, 24-session course is the level three. And actually, it's much better to embark on a smaller course and work that out rather than embark on a huge course and then decide it's not for you. So the level two course is a great starting point. And actually, I feel that a lot of the people that then go on to level three find the transition so much easier between the two courses because they've had that experience. So if ever you contact a college or something and they suggest level two, 
try not to be offended it's actually quite good <laughs> i think sometimes we accidentally yeah. offend people by saying well what about level two yeah. and it's a great course it really is it is one of my favorites it's a lovely course and we love watching people develop don't we yeah. through level two gotcha. and what the transition is very big you see a lot of change in level two so yeah if it's the right place for you then absolutely start there but if you feel strongly that actually i'm all right i'm ready for level three then talk to the trainer provider about that and see see if you can understand where they're coming from as well because i think it's important i, I would agree and 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 it might be that, that you know if someone is saying to you level two and and you're feeling oh, i'm i really no i feel I'm, i really want to go to level three Really have a think about what that's about for you. Yeah. What is it? What is the what is the drive to get to level three? And this happens quite often as well, as you get somebody who's kind of going, I've kind of made the decision, I've been thinking about this for a long time, and I want to become a counsellor as soon as possible. Yeah, we have had that, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not recognising that actually this is a a little bit of a, a longer process yeah. and there's a lot of self development that's gotta take place. So even if even if you could jump straight into a diploma course, which isn't possible, but even if you could do that, I don't think that would be the right way forward for, for the vast majority no, of people. not at all. Because of the self-development that's got to take place, it's not just about learning the skills, it's also about the development that we have to undergo and the learning and the self-awareness that takes time to build and takes time to learn, yeah. to really understand ourselves. So... It's a big part of that process because we can't sit with clients in those deep, dark places unless we've been there ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where the experiential nature of, I think, the, the really great training comes in. Yes. You know, if you've had the opportunity to you know, really get into skills and get the feedback and, and, and feel what it's like and do the journaling, do the note-taking, revisit that the following week, or all of that is so much so important so much more worthwhile i think than just sitting there looking at a powerpoint of you know what the i don't know hierarchy of needs hierarchy yeah exactly <laughs> and it is i mean all of those all those they're, they're little tools all the things like the hierarchy of needs is great but actually what you really really want is that understanding of yourself so that you can help to help others yeah. understand themselves definitely i have to say as well whenever i've taught the hierarchy of needs recently there's been so much debate about it as well you know yeah. like rich debate in the session lots of talking and, and you know debating what this means in our modern world because obviously it's quite an old concept <laughs> yeah and what this yeah. means in our modern world for us right now and so it's about the debate and hearing other people um which i guess takes me on quite nicely to something else that's been on my mind. And I often get messages about, do we think that online diploma courses are worth it? And wonder what you think about that. <laughs> this is something which I think sometimes divides Simon and I. But how do yeah. you feel about that? Oh, I think we might have stumped him. No, no, I'm, 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 I'm just really... So I think, I know, so I've taught level two and level three online, the whole course. And I know that the from the feedback and from them meeting some of the people in person, how that has worked and it has worked for them. And you know, during lockdown, we've we've done it, but and occasionally we'll we'll do it now. Actually, if if 
remember that sort of that really bad oh, the storm. storm the storm these yeah and it was like okay so we 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 took the whole session online and it's not ideal i i don't i, I think if you're if you've got a course that is designed to work online i think they can be really great i think if you've got a course that's designed to be in person and then you drag it online for whatever reason it will still work but it, it it's it lacks something because you've designed part of the day for everybody to be in the same room and talk or split into groups and 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 you miss that you what you miss is the personal interaction during breaks and lunch and all of the kind of catching up stuff however i do think that if you create the right course and you you create it in the right way that you can actually still provide that yes. to a certain extent. And yeah. I know that you yeah. you sort of don't feel quite the same. I think sometimes is what I worry about with online courses is do people get enough time to interact with their peers? When you think about how much students learn from being in the room with somebody, being in the room with us or being in the room with them, I think good online courses that provide lots of peer time and lots of... <laughs> break it out into groups that sort of thing probably really do have their place in our again coming back to our modern world they probably do have their place but I think that the courses that don't include that and it's just working through at your own pace kind of courses that you you're not interacting with people I don't know that you're getting the full experience and for some people that might be spot on just what they need but there's something there about being with other people in this I would agree, but I, but I also... So what's interesting is I'm thinking about some of my recent CPD and I did a um, photography in ecotherapy online course for a month in, in July. And it was brilliant. We had, Every day we were set some sort of photographic task and then we fed back into the group and we were able to share comments with one another... And I was I was working with people from New Zealand and Canada and France and, and in the UK and it was it was great and it really what the course gave me was something that I would have really struggled to have got from a face to face class. Yeah. Because it was it was every day for a month, which you're not gonna get you know, with the best one in the world, you're not you're not going to turn up every day just to be given a task to do and then go, go home. Yeah. So it, that, but that's what I mean. I think that worked really well because it was designed specifically. And uh, you know, it's that thing of online and ecotherapy, you know, being immersed in nature or sitting in front of a screen. And with the same training organisation, actually, I've, I've booked in for a course in February, which is a two-day course on online ecotherapy. Yeah, wow. Which will be really, really interesting. And uh, it, for me, it's interesting as well because on our diploma course, we do uh, we do some online training. Yes. Which we do online. Yeah. And we we also do a couple of ecotherapy days, which we do one hundred percent outside, kind of with the whatever the weather <laughs> bring you wellies, bring you sun cream, whatever it is. That's what we're going to do. So it's I don't know they're. And I guess that's the thing. It's everybody is different and everybody will need something different from training. And whatever it is you need, you can probably find it. And if you can't find it in the real world, you'll find it online. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's it, isn't it? There's not. A, we say this all the time, don't we? There's not like a one size fits all. 
Mm. It's and that's so true in the counselling world as well. Working with clients, there's not a one size fits all for anybody. So it's about looking at what works best for you, but also making sure that you get the sort of the richest possible experience that you can get. Yes. And however that plays out, and however you end up getting that, make sure that you're getting your real rich experience, so that when you finish and you go out working, you've got something to pull on. I think. And 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 it's also I think it's about being aware of how you learn yes absolutely because you know, i know in one of our current diploma groups we've got i think 11 out of 12 of the group are reflective yes they are absolutely. which for me as a tutor i find quite i've had to, i've had to sort of pause and think where's the reflection time in this <laughs> because i don't always provide that yeah. So it's kind of okay. I'm trying to, trying to build in ten, twenty minutes reflection time at the end of a of a session, so people have got that opportunity to sit and just reflect, and then and then come back with questions or yes, yeah. And I I did that, and I'm naturally quite reflective myself. And I I noticed that um, very recently when I was teaching the day after the Queen died, I asked people to to journal to get their journal out, mm. and people did, and they sat and they really did that together you know they did it together but they were individually writing you know they weren't writing they weren't talking but they were sitting communally and writing together and I just sat and watched them for a moment or two and just thought wow isn't that amazing that everyone's there together but they're separate and they're going through their own reflection process so yeah I think in a nutshell you've just got to get the best that fits for you and it's got to fit into your life we can't do training if it's not going to fit in somehow. We can't make it fit. I and, think that's important as well. And when you're doing a diploma, it's two years. Yeah. It's you know 24 months. That's 24 times where you're going to be getting together with, 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 with a group of people. Yeah. yeah so if you're travelling any sort of distance, you know, how, how feasible is that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if you think about it, on the days where it's, you know, it's two days a month, isn't it? So actually, it's more than 24. It's 48, isn't it? 48, yeah. yeah. So it's a lot. And, yeah, I think it's really important to recognise that. And things like placements and things that will come along, don't they? Yeah. And somehow, and it's busy and it's hectic. And, I, you know, I see that with students all the time, just how busy and hectic things suddenly get. So it is about forward planning. So anybody that's looking at training out there just needs to know, how is this going to fit into my life? How am yeah. I going to make this fit? so that you're giving it the absolute best shot that you can. You're giving it enough reflection time and you're able to reflect on things for yourself and grow and develop as a person as well as a counsellor. Yeah. And and quite often people will, will ask, how long will it take me to do the homework? I said, well, I don't know. Because we can give the same piece of homework to four people and one person will, you'll, you'll get home and within about half an hour, they've kind of submitted the work <laughs> because it's just like, yeah. and other people will be saying, oh, do you know, this took me ages, days, days. I rewrote it and rewrote it. And then I still didn't feel right. So I started again. And, and you know, some people will, will do masses of research. And it is, it's that thing of every single person will approach counselling training in the same way that they approach counselling from from themselves they will have that you know they will they'll do it how it feels right for them yeah and their clients will come to them because of who they are and and how they promote themselves and i think that's the same with, with, with colleges 
Yeah, I sentences. think that's exactly it, isn't it? I think you've got to have something. You know, people read things about us or they read things about us as individually as therapists mm. and they just say, oh, I really want to see you because something you've said there just feels right. And I couldn't tell you exactly what it is, but there's something about what you said. And yeah. I get that often where I'll say, I'm really sorry, I'm fully booked at the moment. And, you know, and they'll say, well, can I wait? Because actually there's something about something that you've written yes. <laughs> that just yeah. resonated with me. And I've just got a feeling from your profile that we're going to be a good fit. And, and I find it. that incredible. I do, but I think it's so important. You know, and it's that thing of, is somebody going to look at, they could look at the two of us as, as, on, on a counselling directory website and go, oh, yeah, Becky, that's exactly who I want to to see. And then they can look at me and go, never in a million years. <laughs> you know, there's no way I, I would f- I feel right talking to him. But likewise, it, you know, there'll be people that will look at me and go, oh, yeah, actually, I've, I quite fancy going for a walk in the woods. Yeah, with a big hairy man. With a big hairy man. <laughs> you know, rather, rather than come and see you. And it's just like, you know, it is. It, it's we find our we find our tribe, and I, I do think that when you're thinking about counselling training, that tribe are going to probably know you better at the end of those two years. If you do level three with them, so two and a half, maybe three years, probably better than you know yourself at the start of that course, and probably better than anybody else knows oh, you. Yeah, and isn't that magic? It is. Yeah. Yeah, and that's but that's why it's so important that you get the right place. Yeah, and if it doesn't feel right, don't keep fighting it. If it doesn't feel right, right do something about it, because yeah. we can only go with our gut feeling and our gut yeah. instinct, can't we? Um, and sometimes we do make a mistake, and we end up in the place that doesn't feel quite right for us, or the tutors don't feel quite right, or yes. the group itself. And we have to recognise that when that happens. And I, and I think it's really important that you. Yeah, it, if you're going on to a course that you actually you know, go to an interview but go to an interview with questions use it as an, as an opportunity to interview the college yeah we always say that don't we yeah yeah because the colleges will always want to fill spaces yes yeah, yeah. that's just business <laughs> it's business you know there's always a thing of okay we've got x number of of, of places we want we want to get them filled you know, we wouldn't accept anybody, but ultimately, I think when you're the student, you've got the the onus is on you to kind of go, "What are you going to give me? Yeah. What if I if this happens to me? How will you support me? How much support will you give me with these needs? What happens if this? What happens if I don't get on with the rest of the group? How will this? What happens if I don't get on with one of the tutors? What happens if I would always say, you know, if you're being interviewed you you really want to make sure that all of the people that are going to be teaching you are present yes. as much as possible so it's not just like you know because like we just said about the, you know being a client you know i might uh, someone might turn up and think oh yeah becky's really nice i hope i'm in her tutor group they end up in my tutor group they've never met me and they go oh <laughs> that sounds quite harsh on yourself doesn't it yeah but it's probably true <laughs> <laughs> but it is it, it i think it's really important that, you know if it, it, it's all about relationships. Yeah, absolutely. Ultimately. That's exactly it, isn't it? So if anything, something doesn't feel right, then recognise that it doesn't feel right and yes. move forward with that. Yeah. And, and I completely agree with you there about go to places that offer a chance to talk, a chance to come mm. in and either come in and interview, see the place you're going to be learning in. Yeah. 
and sit down and, and interview the college as much as they're interviewing you because you're paying your hard-earned cash for this mm. and it needs to be the experience that you need it to be. And I think that's probably the biggest piece of advice that we have for yeah. today, isn't it? Absolutely. And that and find your tribe, I think, is the, is yeah. the takeout from this whole episode. Wow, we've been talking for 46 minutes, Simon. That doesn't surprise me. No. <laughs> Once we get talking, we may we never stop. But do you think that feels like a good place for us to conclude our I think so. There? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I hope people have found it useful, really. Yeah, I really do. I think they will have. And I just want to say a massive thank you to you for coming and for spending this time with me this morning. It's been actually really, really lovely. Hasn't it? Yeah, yeah it has. It's been genuinely really great. And... For all of you out there, if you have any questions about training, anything at all that you need to know, please do get in touch. Anyway, in the meantime, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. I look forward to catching up with you soon. In the meantime, stay safe. Take care. Bye-bye.